What is happening, everybody? Thank you for once again checking out this little podcast. Now, with Halloween right around the corner, we're going to discuss some of the nostalgia that we had playing spooky games, watching spooky shows, and just trick-or-treating in general. So, grab your whip, get your holy water, and get ready to grab life by the controller. So, my favorite holiday has always been Halloween. It's a chance for people to just cut loose, be themselves, or be somebody else. They don't have to put on a facade. They can put on a literal mask if they want. Growing up, there was nothing better than Halloween on a weekend. It meant monster movie marathons, video game marathons, spooky music, haunted houses, trick-or-treating. What better way to celebrate this Halloween than by playing some epic scary video game music, rocking some jams by Rob Zombie, White Zombie, Alice Cooper, Oingo Boingo, whatever, you know, your particular Halloween tune inspiration comes from, and just letting loose and enjoying the season. So, since we are letting loose, we are going to be talking about video games that spooked us growing up. Heck, maybe even video games that spook us now. So, without further ado, let's get into some of my stories. So, growing up... I believe I was in first grade. I had a friend named Dustin. He was a really good friend. He is the person who introduced me to the graphic novels for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He also introduced me to Captain America. My friend Dustin, his parents worked all the time. So because they weren't around, they kind of spoiled him. This wasn't really a bad thing, except for the fact that he was kind of greedy on his one-player games. If he had a one-player game, it meant that I got to sit and I got to watch. One of the games that I grew up watching and never getting a chance to play until this year was the original Castlevania. Castlevania was a game that I really didn't know much about control-wise, gameplay-wise, because I did not experience that. I watched him, and I would always think to myself, I can't believe you missed that jump. I can't believe that bat killed you so fast. How did you not miss that Medusa head? wasn't until this year when I finally started to play it on my NES Classic... And I was like, holy crap, this game is terrifying in its difficulty. That being said, I 
absolutely fell in love with this game. Watching his sprite on the screen just whip monsters back and forth, pick up power-ups for his whip, you know, the vampire killer, secondary weapons. I did not find out until this year that the hearts that you pick up power your secondary weapon, like your axes, your holy water, your ability to use them depends on the hearts that you pick up through the level. I don't know if I will ever be able to beat this game. I will give it my darndest, but this game is incredible. The graphics for the time, to me, are a step ahead of everything else that I was playing. To have a character walk through with this little whip and just crunch through enemies. I mean, you can tell what the bosses are. The bats, Frankenstein's monster, everything like that in clarity, in 8-bit clarity. Now, this movie, movie, look at me getting ahead of myself. We have watched the entire Castlevania series on Netflix lately. I want a movie so bad. But this game has every element from the 80s horror movies, like Hollywood monster movies, that you need in a game. For those who don't know, uh, you're going after Dracula, and you've got the vampire killer whip, and you are just mowing through everything in your path. Jumps have to be timed just perfect, or else you will fall to your death. The bats that fly through the air that can tag you, they take so much health away. This game isn't scary per se, but it is legend, and it sparked a love of vampires, movie monsters, an adventure in me that no other game has been able to touch. Because of Castlevania and my love of it and the movie monsters, I was introduced to a movie called The Monster Squad. Now, in this movie, you are going up against pretty much every Hollywood movie monster you can think of. Wolfman, Dracula, think the uh, creature from the Blue Lagoon, the mummy. I mean, this movie tied everything in for me. It was scary. It was realistic. I mean, at one point, they're using dynamite in it. And as a kid, that's just watching them blow apart one of the monsters just blew my mind. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably pretty young, a little bit too young to be watching this. I probably was because at the time I had nightmares for days upon days thinking that, you know, I just saw these guys in this game. Then I saw it in this movie. What if there's a connection and they're going to come and get me? I'm a kid. You know, this is how the child mind thinks. 
And then I just said, screw it. I carried around a broken nunchuck that had like a jump rope on it. And that was my vampire killer. So I wasn't afraid no more. Thank you, Castlevania. Now, this brought on a love for movie monsters. And what better game to incorporate two of my loves. Fighting games, such as Street Fighter, and movie monsters. But let me introduce you to Darkstalkers. I'm not going to go in on it in depth right now. Because this episode is more discussing the games that I love for Halloween. The games that hopefully spur memories for you guys. But characters like Anacharis, you know, this mummy that throws sarcophaguses at you. Bishamon, some possessed demon samurai thing. Dimitri, a fierce fireball-throwing vampire. Felicia, sexy catwoman. Morgan, sexy vampire. Sasquatch. Victor Von Frankenstein-style monster. I can't remember his full name right now, but... J. Talbane, Lord Raptor. All these incredible Hollywood-style monster characters. This game is incredible, and I wish they would do something with it. It hit the arcade across the street from my house, and I was instantly drawn to it, and I did good at it because it was set up Street Fighter style. Thank you, Capcom. Now, this is a game that doesn't need complex movesets, the animation, the fighting style, everything like that speaks for itself. Given the chance to fight a mummy against a vampire, what more can you ask for in a game? I saw this and immediately I was like, okay, I got to get my cherry coke so I can get my game on. And I did. I sank so many quarters into this game. This is my second favorite fighting game. Of course, second to Street Fighter. But it lives in the same realm for me. Because the sprites are drawn the same way. Same attention to detail. Classic, timeless looks. That I can go back and play the arcade game now. And be just as in love with it as when I very first started to play it. Thank you, Movie Monsters, because without you, we wouldn't have this incredible fighting game. Growing up, the scariest movie that I saw was the stupidest movie I'd ever seen at the same time. I'm talking about Stephen King's It, the movie miniseries that had Tim Curry in it. I watched this at my friend Bub's birthday party when I was in fifth grade. Now, this movie terrified me until the very end of it. Then it absolutely lost me, and I was like, okay, whatever. And it wasn't because of the fact that it was a scary clown. It was everything that the clown could do in Twist. Had nothing to... I'm, I'm not afraid of clowns. Sorry, I'm really not. 
But I talk about this to talk about the next game that I played. Friday the 13th on the Nintendo Entertainment System. This is a game that I never understood. I never watched any of the movies. I have no idea the premise. I know that he slashes skinny dippers at Camp Crystal Lake or something like that. I never understood the game. I would avoid him. I would go into cabins. I just don't know. I mean, this game would have been scarier for me, maybe. But my parents didn't let me watch R-rated movies. The only reason why I saw it was it was, like I said, at my friend Bob's birthday party when I was in fifth grade. They do have a Friday the 13th game out on the PS4 right now. I have downloaded... Well, technically I guess it's in my library. But I don't have it on my system. Because I am so wrapped up in playing Castlevania Requiem. With Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. One of these days though, I do plan on playing it. Because I was told... That it is in the same vein as uh, Dead by Dark or Death by Daylight. I'll have to check into that. I can't remember the name. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is the name. I have so many things going on. I'm in my retro room and I'm looking around at all my stuff. And I'm getting distracted because I've got material out in front of me so I can remember you know what games I played about how old I was when I played them so I so I can keep talking about them I really do enjoy games I have a game that can remind me of every holiday and it brings up memories like it was yesterday that is one of my favorite things about gaming it's the memories it evokes uh, the flashbacks it inspires. I have not thought of my friend Dustin in years. Uh, as soon as we graduated high school, that was it. I, I've not heard from him. I've not seen him. I don't know what happened in life for him. Just as he doesn't know what's happening in life for me. But I see this game and it takes me back. That's the magic of video games. I think that's one of the reasons why retro gaming is so big right now. We want to remember growing up and the good times that we had and cherish them. It's one of the reasons why holidays are a good thing. You can't tell me that you can't celebrate a holiday or refrain from celebrating a holiday because of a memory that it brings up for you. That's that's just how it works. And that is why gaming is so powerful. That's why I enjoy doing this. It's a way for me to remember where I was, what was happening in my life. And hopefully have you guys take a step back. Be like, this time in my life, this was going on. It might bring back something good. You're welcome. Or it might bring back something bad. 
but then you realize how far you've come. You've grown and overcome it, and you're a better person. And don't think that you're not a better person, because I truly believe that everybody that has ever overcome anything and allowed themselves to grow and have taken personal responsibility, accountability, if needed, has become an amazing person. Going back into memories, one of the best friends I could have growing up introduced me to the Resident Evil series. When I got my PlayStation, the games that I had for it, I had Cool Borders 2, uh, WWF SmackDown, uh, later I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Pro Skater 2. He came over to my house to sleep over. I believe we were having a hockey tournament. He was my goalie. We skated together. We played guitar here and there together. I mean, we could play Smashing Pumpkins together. He was an amazing friend, a friend that I, I'm still in contact with today. He introduced me to the scariest game I have ever played growing up. We were playing Cool Borders because we were skateboarders. We unlocked the alien. I can't remember if we did it with a cheat or what we were doing. But we were an alien snowboarding on a UFO. And he runs to his backpack and he says, Oh, I forgot. I brought this. Mind you, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. We put it in the PlayStation and all of a sudden, you know, Resident Evil. I'm like, holy crap, this game starts off intense. Every little noise in the house. I was dead sure there was a zombie coming to get us. All the freaking crows bursting through windows, dogs jumping through windows, turning corners and having hordes of zombies after you. I mean, they were like Romero zombies where they were slow walking, staggering. You could fight off easy, but if it did not get your heart pumping, you didn't have one. That is a game that, I mean brings back just a flood of memories. The people that we introduced to it. My house growing up was the local hotspot. All of my friends wanted to hang at my house because my parents were awesome. My parents are still awesome. But they were non-judgmental. They knew that if my friends were over at my house, that they could keep an eye on them. And they would let me be friends with everyone I had friends that smoked growing up, not necessarily in grade school or middle school, but later towards, you know, mid-teens, late-teens. My parents accepted them, 
welcomed them into the house because they knew I wasn't going to do it. My friends never offered me anything because they didn't want to get in the way of hockey for me. And it was the mutual respect between my parents and my friends that kept that going. But anyways, so all my friends wanted to come over to my house. Uh, we, every time we had somebody new come over and we were having a sleepover for whatever reason, as soon as everybody in my house would go to bed, we would pop in that disc and scare the crap out of them. My friend Sky became grounded from my house because he went home and had nightmares repeatedly for like two weeks of the undead rising, breaking into his house, dragging him out of his bed and stripping his bones from his flesh or his flesh from his bones. You can't get a better experience with a game than that brought on. That is horrifyingly surreal. The graphics were cutting edge at the time, but if you go back to it now, it's nothing to write home about. And to get that kind of raw emotion, that kind of cinematic feel from a game that has the weirdest controls that I remember playing, you're doing something right. That year, we dressed up as Resident Evil characters. He had the stars badge. I can't remember where he found it. But I made a dang convincing zombie. It was great times. I love Halloween. This is the stuff that I remember that I love. And I know I've said that a lot. But for real, gaming is something special for those who do it. It's got as much power to it as music does. It'll take you somewhere like that. And with all that being said, let's talk to one of our beloved guests and see what kind of nostalgia he gets this Halloween season. Ladies and gentlemen, we have my brother from another mother, Ultra Goldneck. What is happening, my buddy? Uh, not much, man. I'm glad to be back. I'm just sitting here um, watching a little bit of Monday Night Raw because you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I miss good storylines in pro wrestling like the ones <laughs> that I grew too. up with, the Wolfpack, <laughs> yes. all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, nine, the 90s era of wrestling was one of my favorite eras. That and the 80s stuff, because, yeah, the, I, what I enjoyed was the simple tools. You know, good wrestling, good characters, and, and logical storylines that are easy to follow. Now it's kind of lassodistical and confusing every week. Yeah, I was going to say, it gets convoluted, and I just don't even know what else to say about it. But I still enjoy some good pro wrestling. I do, too. So what's been going on? Uh, I have been playing 
a lot of Castlevania lately, um, mostly because I love it, but also to prepare for Halloween and Halloween-style games. Now, do you have any old-school, classic, horror, spooky monster games that you enjoy? Oh, see, and I have most of the Castlevanias because I got a lot of them through through emulation because Castlevania is a series that I didn't get into until maybe last year when I started playing those games and I just said, oh, Lord, these games are difficult. (laughs) Oh, goodness, are they difficult. And, but I mean, another game, I think I mentioned it on one of your, uh, on one of your posts, there's also Adam's Family Fester's Quest, which... I remember seeing commercials for it back when I was a kid. I got to play a little bit of that because I have that. It's a nice little platform game where now, you could feel faster. <laughs> how is that? Because I remember seeing it growing up, but even my spoiled buddy did not have that game. So I never got to see any real gameplay, just the commercials. You know, it's a lot of those platformers back then. Games like that. Games like um, Nightmare on Elm Street. A lot of them were very Castlevania-ish. You know how platform games were back then where it wasn't just going in there and using your weapons to take out little baddies or whatever, but you had to know patterns. You had to remember different spots. You had to jump certain ways. It works the same exact way. Now, are, are there power-ups like in Castlevania? I mean, how do you fight the bad guys in Fester's quest? What, is, what does Uncle Fester do? Does he shoot some little beams? I only played a little bit of it. I think I bought it a couple months ago. But haven't really played much of it. Yeah, because Castlevania, that's the gold standard. If you want to talk about some... Like, something that's Halloween-themed, I would say Castlevania. I'd say the... Uh, you know, like, I never got into that new Friday the 13th game, but my little brother loves it. See, and I have that uh, in my PlayStation library, but I have not downloaded it yet. Thank God for free games. So, eventually, I mean, it's on my backlog with tons of others, but did you play the first one, the original NES version? I have the original one. The thing is, is I'm like, wow, this game, like, what happens is, unless you know what you're doing, it can get pretty boring pretty quickly is what i've learned about it see and that's me i popped it in i've got it on one of as my 143 game in one cartridges Mm -hmm. i have no idea what to do with it so it's one of those yeah it's one of those ones where i'm like maybe you have to watch some walkthroughs and learn how to play it because i know some people who play it and like my one friend josh he's a big horror movie buff so he loves Jason, like he has the Jason mask, like and all that stuff when he does Halloween, you know, for Halloween and everything. He always likes to dress as Jason, but he loves the new game and he loves the old one. And I've been promising him. I said I need to go ahead and get the new one so that I can start playing with him because those games, it looks, it does look pretty fun with the whole being the counselor and I think you can be Jason now. Like that's um. It's some pretty fun stuff there. Have you seen those movies? Um, yeah, I've seen pretty much all of the original Friday the Thirteenth. You know, when I stopped, I kind of stopped after after Freddy versus Jason. Have they made any since then? I I haven't seen any of them. Because 
I'd have to ask my older brother if anybody wants to follow him at VJ and Deadpool. He would know because he's seen pretty much all of them. I I love horror films. I never really got into the slasher flicks. I'm not afraid of them or anything. I just I like psychological things might happen kind of stuff, and then boom, out of nowhere, just freak you the heck out. So, but like, I saw the Scream movies and Blair. I like Blair Witch Project. Like when it comes to those scary films, I like those found footage ones. I got so frustrated in Blair Witch. I wanted to be afraid, but at the same time, I just couldn't. If, if that even makes sense. It, it, it was like, I, I wanted to believe it was all true and found footage and this and that. I mean, the trailer set it up perfectly. I went in and the slimy nose, oh, I'm so scared. I'm like, nope, you lost me. Oh man, see here's the thing. I watched and I saw, and I was kind of scared afterwards. I actually was. I was a freshman in high school and I'm watching this stuff. I'm like, wow, this is just like I it, it was it was pretty frightening, especially if you just sit in a room somewhere watching in the dark alone. Oh, now that would have added to it. I was in a a packed movie theater, so it was kind of lost on oh, me. I think first time I saw it, I was at a movie theater. Um, but the way that they, but like you said, the way that they set it up where there were people who thought it was a real thing that had happened and yeah, they did a good job with that. They did that. They only, I think the movie only cost $60,000 to make and they made a half billion dollars off of it. Yeah. It was insane what they pulled out of it versus what they put into it. So. Tell me some of your your favorite monster style games. I mean, Halloween themed. What whether it, it was a costume you wore growing up, you know, your friend had it. I mean, tell me. Let let's live a day in the life of Ultra Golden Ant. All right, what are we talking about here? Halloween um, games, everything. Oh, what are you talking about, Halloween? Well, growing up where I was, oh, I'm just like any other kid, trick-or-treating was just major. I love all the Halloween, but even before the trick-or-treating, I enjoyed the Halloween specials, Garfield Halloween. Just last Friday, I was watching, uh, what is it? It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Classic. Where I hadn't watched it. Before I watched it on Friday, I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. So I didn't remember much of it. And then when I see the line is pretty much treated Halloween like it was Christmas. Um, listen, some other things. I like, um, around Halloween, I like to watch old episodes of, uh, remember that show on Nickelodeon, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, I do. I used to, and I still do, because I have, I have every episode downloaded. So I can watch them whenever I want. Like, oh, what was it? It was like, what, seven, eight, ten seasons? Something like that. I have them all. And yeah, around Halloween, I, that's one of the things that I love watching. But when it comes to trick or treating, um, out here, I just remember I would get um a pillowcase and I would use that to hold my candy because I used to, I tried using a trash bag, but it would always try to break on me. I think I tried trick or treating up 
Me and my friend tried it up until we were 15, and then they just said, um, look, you guys are kind of old to be doing this. I was just out there trying to get some free stuff, and it just wasn't working out. But <laughs> the cool thing is, is being able to take my kids and do it for them. Now, what do you dress up your kids as now versus what you dressed up as when you were growing up? Oh, let's see, because as a kid, I've been Batman. I've been just like my own versions of monsters and stuff. But my kids, you know, my daughters, you know, like we've done the whole one year. My daughter, Riley, she was um Belle from Beauty and the Beast. My other daughter, Jordan, she's been a lion. She's been a frog. When she was a newborn, she was, no, she was five days old. She was, she was a little candy corn. Oh, um, you know, with Luke, being that he's only a year old, we're probably going to wait it out and maybe just take him next year. Not sure if he's ready yet. Here's the thing. These days, if you want to see me dress up, it's when I go to Comic-Cons and do cosplay. <laughs> okay, so that is basically an adult's version of Halloween what do you dress up as? I'm I'm excited to hear that. Oh, um, and the pics are in the, the pics are on my page. Um, I've cosplayed as I've done Green Arrow because I'm a huge comic book fan, and I love the show Arrow. So I've been Green Arrow. I've done Luke Cage because I love the Marvel series. I did Luke Cage for Three Rivers Comic Con. And I love the series so much that my son Luke, his middle name is Cage. Like, his name's Luke Cage. So people think it's interesting that I have a son named Luke Cage. That's incredible. And then um, I've also done up in Jughead Jones. Righteous. Yeah. So, and I got into cosplay pretty late. I got into it in my, let's see, because I'm 35 now. The first time I ever cosplayed, I was 33. When I started cosplaying, yeah, I was 33 when I started cosplaying. Well, I have a Captain America shield in my game room, yet I have never been able to dress up as Captain oh, America. Cap is my is my favorite superhero it's out of everyone. So, um, but do they they don't have any like Rocky Mountain Con or anything out that way? Oh, they do. I I, I thought they would. We we have, I I think three big Comic Con events. We have Fan X, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, and I've heard about Salt Lake Comic Con because they sued San Diego Comic Con to use the words Comic Con. Oh no, we got sued to be able. Oh, to no, it, was, we it, were the it was the reverse. Okay, I knew one was suing. I knew one sued the other. Uh, we have been sued by, I think, three different Comic-Cons. So. Because out here, our big one, they do it. It's uh, three times a year. They do it in April. They do it in August. And they do it in December. They come once every four months. Still City Con is our big one. And, then, awesome. there's a, and then there's a smaller one that... They're, that it's more of a traditional Comic Con because it's mostly you know you won't find any famous celebrities there or anything like that. It's more of like comic book writers, illustrators, things like that. Three Rivers Comic Con, which I started. I, I, I've been to that all three years since they started because 
I said, hey, we got to support the little guys, too, as much as we support the big ones. Oh, definitely. And uh, my favorite thing to do at cons, Comic-Cons are a great way to pick up retro games. Really? Yes. Because people don't realize that when you're, when you're at a lot of these cons, yeah, they're not just, it's not just folks selling comic books or and things like that. A lot of times they're selling action figures. They're selling, you know, a lot of different toys, a lot of different electronics. But I've bought, I bought, uh, when I went to Steel City Con back in December of 2015, that's when I bought my Game Boy for 20 bucks. And, um, I've Steel City Con, that's where I get a lot of, uh, a lot of my old PlayStation games I bought at Steel City Con. I've bought some games at Three Rivers Comic Con. I'm, if if you if a person is a toy hunter, Comic Cons are a great place to go. If you're a retro game hunter, Comic Cons are a great place to go. And we also have um, it's not as the big as the one in Portland, but we did have a Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Convention. I went this past year. So. I need to find out more about what my state actually does because I I am going to go to the next big one next year. I I'm almost guarantee there will be some games there. I can almost guarantee it. I I am going to try to get my foot in the door to be able to get some interviews or to do something just to take the podcast to the next step. And if they have retro games and stuff there, what better way to do it? Oh man, it's great. Um, it's a I've like these cons are a retro game collectors, in a lot of cases, it's a retro game collectors' dream because there's all there's almost always a vendor there selling some old video games. Because um, a lot of those, you know, a lot of those vendors here in Pittsburgh, we have a lot of retro gaming stores we have like a lot of stores where they sell old video games out here we have the exchange which is like a big national chain then we also have game again which is the local one out my way next town over that's where if you saw the games that i picked up over the weekend fatal fury and sonic the hedgehog those were from game again that's incredible and i always and um it's something that stores like these have been around for years but you know how it goes. Retro gaming didn't get big until like maybe within the last five years. What? While you brought it up real fast, why do you think that is? Um, I think what it is is that. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Life in two thousand and eighteen sucks, and a lot of us grew up in the nineties, and the nineties were awesome, and we want to go back to the nineties. You wonder what, while I agree with you on that, I think, because I've been thinking a lot about this lately, I think there's so much more to it than that. We are still our 90s selves, basically. We like cool stuff. We want cool stuff. But now we have jobs and money and can buy that stuff. Everything that we loved growing up, we have access to now. Plus the things that we didn't have a chance to. Oh, man, there are so many games that I have on my... I always tell you about my retro engine, which I still got to do a video to show you guys all how it works. Oh, yes, um, you do. There, you know, with, with 
over a thousand games or so on there, you know, arcade games that I used to play that I might have only played once or twice that I can that now I have it where I can play it anytime I want. That I just remember one day I went into an arcade. I'm like, hey, I played that game. That game was pretty cool. I hope I could find it. There was a game, there was one beat 'em up game called Kicker that I only played once when I was six years old. And I accidentally found it going through YouTube videos uh, when I was trying to figure out some games to add to my retro engine. And boom, found the ROM for it, added it on. It's, yeah, a lot of that, that's cool. And like, even with my Genesis collection, I have two, I'm up to like 206 games on there. I didn't have 206 Genesis games as a kid. I might have had maybe 10 or 11, which even then was considered a pretty vast library. Yeah. But, yeah, like I was considered doing pretty good. Um, yeah, it's cool to go through and you find all these old games. You know, you either find games that you play, love playing growing up, games that have, I've played games that have long been forgotten, or games that only certain people remembered playing, games that I've never heard of, like. A lot of the space shooters that are there's a lot of space shooters out there like Musha, that's rare that if you can find an original copy, it's like four hundred bucks that I had never played, and I was like, well, no wonder why it's rare. They probably didn't make that many copies of it. But there's a lot of folk. There's a lot of folks out there that their kids' video game systems and the cartridges that they have that are worth money, and that there's a lot of folks that have no idea what the gold mines that they may be sitting on. Because maybe they weren't in, maybe their kids, you know, it goes like somebody's son might have left their Sega Genesis at home and all their games are still in the attic somewhere. They don't know how many of those games they might have in there that might be worth, you know, 50 to to $100 because not a lot of people have it. Oh, definitely. I still see, um, when I went to the exchange last week, there's been a copy of Battle Battletoads there that I've been eyeing, an original NES copy of Battletoads. For 30 bucks, which it cracks me up because seven years ago I could have gone to that same store and I'm sure that game would have been like 10. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing to see how retro gaming became such a, such a big thing. And the only games that are still pretty cheap if you're trying to collect them are Atari cartridges. Because they made, because they manufactured so many, which led to the video game crash in the early '80s. Which someday we got to talk about that. Oh, we will definitely. Yeah, we may have to do like a two-parter where we go through the history of it and talk about. You know, I'll talk about some of the Atari games that I have now, and I could talk about you know some of the games that my dad had, some of the games I used to watch him play. I bought a copy of E.T. at Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Convention. I'll be glad to tell the story about E.T. that a lot of people <laughs> probably know about. <laughs> now, yeah. real fast, do you know who the gaming historian is? I've watched some of the gaming historians' videos, yes. I never really understood the downfall of Atari until I watched him. So if you get a chance... That is definitely something I think would be right up your alley. I think you know what? Actually, I did watch his videos on the downfall of Atari because I saw him. He went from the beginning. He went through the crash. Atari's downfall 
is pretty much the reason why Nintendo had... Remember when you buy a Nintendo game and they have the seal of approval on there? Oh, yeah. That exists because of Atari. Yeah. Oh, so many things. So many more things exist because of Atari than you could imagine. Yeah, it was because of the mistakes Atari made that Nintendo put that seal of approval. Even though there are, I want to say, I think the number is 82. There are 82 unlicensed NES games out there that exist. But the reason why they had it where their games had to be licensed is because of what Atari did. Because Atari used to just let everybody and their mom and manufacture games for them. Yeah. And they got over flooded. But we'll come back to that when we talk about the crash. Definitely. So let's get back to some Halloween nostalgia. When you were a kid growing up, was there anything that you would play to get you in the mood for Halloween? You know what? No, because like I, I didn't have that many like Halloween-themed games growing up. I don't even think I had any Halloween-themed games growing up. Me, I just played whatever. Like, I know some folks might have played some of the crazy, you know, maybe played some zombie games or some Area 51 or some uh, Resident Evil, stuff like that, which my dad loved Resident Evil, but I was like, I can't play this. This game scares the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, I I saw, first time I saw those the pictures of those dogs, I'm like, they got zombie dogs and Yep, I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I would have been having nightmares for months about some zombie dogs. Did you, by chance, and this isn't like a monster game, but I still think of it as a Halloween-style game, uh, any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because I loved being a Ninja Turtle for Halloween growing up. I didn't look like a Ninja Turtle, but I felt like a Ninja Turtle. Unfortunately, I never had a chance to dress up as a Ninja Turtle. Oh, snap. Uh, Like, here's the thing. I enjoyed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched the cartoon. I still have the cartoon. I have a few DVDs right now of the old 80s Ninja Turtle cartoons because none of the cartoons they've made since match those. But yeah, I never dressed up as a Ninja Turtle. I knew some folks who did. One of these days, I may have to do it because I see how you can buy a cheap turtle, you know, a cheap turtle shell, and paint your face green, and all of a sudden you're a turtle. Exactly. <laughs> you know and, all, I mean? and all I did, I had a green backpack, I had green clothes, and I had my red belt and my red uh, face mask, and boom! I didn't look like a turtle, but I felt like a turtle. All of a sudden, you were Raphael. Exactly. I had so much Raphael attitude, it was ridiculous. See, I was more of a, see, I was a Leonardo fan. Maybe part of it is because my favorite color is blue. But there was something about being a leader that I was always all about. I get that. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe one of these days I'll go ahead and do it. Or maybe try to dress my son up as one. Oh, heck yeah. Because he... Ever since he's been born, my son is my son Luke. He's has he has like if you look at his picture, he has superhero onesies. He has a teenage mutant ninja turtle onesie that he wears. His his granddad bought him a ninja turtle outfit for Christmas. Like yeah, we it, it's one of the things where going eleven years between kids, I was excited to find that I was having a son, and I've rolled with it ever since. 
that honestly makes me happy to hear, buddy. And the cool thing about him is if I'm on my phone, I was on my phone watching the history of Mike Tyson's punch out because it, it was like the 33rd, 32nd or 33rd anniversary or something. And he'll stop whatever he's doing to crawl over to watch to watch some, some video game action on a phone or on a TV. I'm like, hey, maybe in a couple of years I can get him into it. Because that's how I started as a little kid, watching my dad play Laser Blast. See, and that's what got my kids into it. They watched me play everything from Guitar Hero to Call of Duty. I mean, yeah, my daughters, my daughters aren't in, aren't into it that much, but my younger out of the two of them, my 12-year-old, Riley, she actually likes to play the classics. Because what she started doing was she'll get games and put them on her phone. So she started playing Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac-Man. She enjoys... She actually enjoys a lot of the older games. That's my kind of kid. Yeah, she never like she didn't get into Fortnite or anything yet, but she likes a lot of the classics. And the other one, she likes like a lot of the games that are on smartphones. Like she's into like the Temple Run series. Okay. Which I tell people, Temple Run can be an enjoyable game in itself. I think. If you go into a game with just an open mind wanting to have the experience, almost any game, even E.T., could be a good game. (laughs) I'm still trying on that one. (laughs) I'm still trying. And we'll have to go back to it because I've heard all the reasons on what caused it to fail. Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's yeah, just about any game. There are some games that when you play them, that you're just like, what were they thinking when they put this out? And when you look at games now, I think we talked about it a few weeks back, how game, game manufacturers, because of being able to download updates and all that, they pretty much put out incomplete games now. It's not like them. Back then, you knew that you were getting their final product, good or bad. Well, and now you have a full year to complete an incomplete game where back in the day on Atari, you had four weeks to publish a complete game. Sure did. Yeah, they didn't... Yeah, and then even with, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo Genesis, like I said, whenever you bought that game, you knew you were getting their final product. This was it. It's not like... It's not like now where... I bought Street Fighter Five back in 2016, and, o- and over the last two years, they're still putting updates on it. But I really do appreciate that because eventually they have to put Poison back in. I Poison was my favorite character to play with in Street Fighter Four, and she is missing. And to me, it's an incomplete game until they put her back. Hey, my gripe was that it didn't have an arcade mode. And they tried saying, well, you got to remember, a lot of people do online games. I said, but no matter what, it's a fighting game. And, and uh, I said, the bloodline of any fighting game is arcade mode. Exactly. You a character, and you keep fighting until you get to the boss. That's how it goes. I think that they just wanted, like, we, like I said, they just wanted to put it out so that they can 
they wanted to get everybody's money as quick as possible. And they knew what they were doing. I can't hate on them for it. Well, and the one thing about that, at least from what I read, because I've done a lot of research on it before I got it, everybody who got it ended up getting the arcade edition for free later on. If yeah, that's what happened. It, and I felt like a goof because I bought it new. I bought it when I bought, I bought a PlayStation 4. And that, and the same day I bought it, I'm like, wait, I'm like, what's going to be my first game I'm going to grab for it? Street Fighter Five was the first game I picked up for. It. And so I get home and I'm playing it a little bit. I'm like, well, where's the arcade mode? I'm like, it has these little story modes, but I'm like, well, where's the arcade? I said, where's the? Hey, let me go in here and go one on one against some guys. Like it didn't even have it where it, it didn't even have a versus mode where you could fight the computer. Yeah. And they just kept adding updates and adding updates and adding updates. Well, before I, I have to end this, if you were to cosplay as a Street Fighter character, who would it be? Oh, man, you're really putting me on the spot there. There's probably there's two different people that I always want to do a cosplay of for Street Fighter. Actually, three. Either Balrog from Street Fighter 2, the boxer dude, Mike from Street Fighter 1, who was pretty much a precursor to Balrog, but they said that they're two different characters in canon, or the character Cracker Jack from the Street Fighter EX series. Oh, heck yeah. I've always wanted to do one of those three. Maybe you could throw M. Bison in there. Well, I I think everybody has to be M. Bison at some point. Because you're... What is it that they say you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Yeah, 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 you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. Yeah. I want to live a long time, so eventually I may be M. Bison. Yeah, my whole thing is I'm like, dude, I'm already there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can our lovely listeners find you? As always, if you listen to the show, you know where to find me. I'm on Instagram at UltraGoldenAnt. I use this UltraGoldenAnt name also on Twitter, but I'm rarely on there, but Instagram's a great place to find me. And then also, if you want to add me on PlayStation Network, Ultra Golden Amps, the name there. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to join me, man, we, on the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle. I got to get that one last trophy, and I can only get it by beating all the games online with, uh, with more than one player. We will have to set that up really soon. I was playing a little bit of, is it Armored Warriors? Oh, I love them. That's that's one of my favorite ones. And that whole set, that might be one of my favorite ones. See, and I think that's my least favorite from the set. Final Fight is the gold standard, in my opinion. But, yeah, Armored Warriors, I had a lot of fun with that. I had fun with all of them. Warriors of Fate was fun. Knights of the Round was fun. Like, they're all great, adventurous stories. They they are in-depth, and I like the story in Armored Warriors. I just, I don't know. 
there, there's just something about it that to me just feels off. I don't know. I, I can't put my thumb on it yet. As soon as I do, I will let you know. You have to. And we'll, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll hook up and we'll start playing some of those. Oh, most definitely, buddy. All right, man. Thanks for having me once again. Hey, thank you for coming back on the show. All right. We'll do it again soon. Heck yeah, we will. Peace out, man. Peace. That is going to wrap up this Halloween festive podcast. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. I know it's a little bit out there. A little bit of rambling. But these games just bring back the best time of growing up for me. The code word last week was first given by the Gaming Power-Ups. If you haven't checked out his video on YouTube, uh, he's got a series out, Tales from the Memory Card. Please check it out. It is a fun video diary of games that are near and dear to retro gamers' hearts. We have a runner-up and a third place as well. I'm sorry, I just appreciate you guys listening and interacting. So, Iron Road Gaming, find him on Instagram, find him on Twitch. Uh, Sundays, Zebo's Funhouse, it is fun to watch. Retro Gaming Rock, an amazing cornucopia of pie, raspberry pie, mind you, knowledge. Great guy great information appreciate everybody who helps out gives feedback it's appreciated more than you know there is not going to be a code word this week so just stop in say hi i want to give a shout out to the hairbun warrior who is the winner of our first giveaway when we reach 1,000 downloads, we will do something bigger because we appreciate the way that this podcast is growing. Cannot thank you all enough. Catch us on Instagram at Grab Life by the Controller. Catch us on uh, Twitter at Grab Life by the Controller. I'm still learning how to maximize my presence there. So I apologize if right now. Seems a little lame. It's hard to run Instagram, Twitter, the podcast, Twitch, do research, all that stuff. Speaking of Twitch, you can find us on Twitch. And almost every morning now, I believe, at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, I will be streaming some retro games. Possibly Rondo of Blood. Symphony of the Night. Maybe you'll even see me beat the original Castlevania finally. So, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you have a great Halloween with your family. Enjoy the time. Peace out. <laughs>